0: Rolling. This time, sober.
1: This time, Gibby's not too high.
0: Not too high is... Wait
1: a minute, wait a minute. You aren't high at all, right? Please, you... please, for the love of God, tell me. You didn't take anything.
0: Bitch, I'm always high. Uh, did you know that Fleetwood Max rumors dropped this day in 1977?
1: Um, Is that true, or is it just a rumor?
0: Oh! Uh... This is the Kane Train. This is Gibby Kane.
1: I'm Pat Kane.
0: Hey! Uh, Super Bowl Sunday!
1: Yeah, for those who care, we're recording mere hours away from the big, biggest event in television of the year, the yeah. Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, and even if you don't care, that still remains true.
1: So, well, the only reason we really care is because we got the harebrained idea to throw a Super Bowl party at our house And then I turned the TV on, and I was like, I wonder what channel it's going to be on. We don't... We have, like, an antenna. We don't have cable or anything, and I turned it on, Mm. and it was like... You know that glitch art that you see on, like, Tumblr and shit with, like, smearing and stuff? Yeah. It was like that, and I was like, oh, fuck. We already told people we were going to... And that was this morning. I'm like, this isn't going to work. Yeah. This looks bad. So, what I did was I looked up, I was like, how do you watch it for free, and all that stuff?
0: Well, luckily...
1: There's only there was only one viable option. Uh-huh. And it was the PlayStation View. So we have it on we have that. Yeah. And I was distracted watching the Disney Channel, watching the Pickle and Peanut show that I've heard so much about.
0: Yeah, and you loved it and you were all about it. I
1: like parts of it. There's parts of it that are just like, what is this just trying to be regular show?
0: Oh shit. But seriously. But
1: I think it's pretty obvious like when they it's just kind of like Come on, come up with like some fresh ideas here. Don't don't rehash just what somebody else is doing, just because like you can't write a good joke here. Ooh,
0: the shade. But there's
1: good parts of it. I thought the sweet boy stuff we saw and the weird little monsters and stuff. The art's cool, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you. I it's feel not the greatest
1: you. thing ever. I was just watching it because it was like I've never watched it, so I just checked it out for a little while.
0: mm mm-hmm,
1: Mhm, mm mhm. Um, and then last night, what did we do?
0: Not really anything. We just watched a lot of Predator movies again, which we've kind of just been doing all week. No good reason. Just uh, just entertainment. Predator
1: Thursday night. Predator two last night. Mhm. Or the night before last. Mhm. And then we watched Alien vs Predator. That was fun. Yeah, it was. It was a good time. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be pretty bad. It wasn't. It wasn't, like, endearing or charming. There was just some cool action in it. In it,
0: You're very um, on the fence for all your review giving today. Not willing right, to give anybody peanut, a gold pickle star. Pickle
1: Peanut, duh, you, you don't get... A th- you, you get a thumbs up. Soft thumbs up.
0: Soft thumbs up.
1: <laughs> I feel like if I end, if I, It sounds like a tacit endorsement. Just I haven't watched any media in the last week that's made me, like, lose my fucking mind.
0: Yeah, I haven't either. I haven't been super inspired by anything.
1: I did however find I highly recommend if fucking you just like background noise when you work, which I do because I have tinnitus and ADHD, so it's like really hard to focus. Um watch Timeline on YouTube. What's that? It's it's all like really good hour, two hour documentaries. Oh. And they upload like one every day. And they're okay. they were on television. I think they're aggregated from, like, the BBC or something.
0: Mm.
1: But, yeah, it's all free, and they're all super, like, historical, interesting documentaries.
0: I I don't know. I find those to be mostly boring. I needed to have an element of death for me to stay <laughs> well, there interested. Was. Remember,
1: we, we, I had that one pulled up during dinner this past week that was uh, Canyon Cannibals. Mm-hmm. The one about the Anasazi, like...
0: Yeah, I, like I listened to it a little bit, and then that was
1: really cool. That was like all about death.
0: Yeah, but anything about you know, the first people is interesting as fuck. They're an interesting culture. Yeah. Um, do you want to play some five seconds? Sure. So here we go with some five second rule. The game of which I don't follow the rules, but we still use nonetheless. Name three words for angry.
1: Pissed, uh, upset cheesed
0: damn you had so much time on the clock that was pretty good that was just a little warm up i want i thought you might want something a little easier just to like
1: it was in the morning and i got your, tea instead of coffee this morning. and i'm real bummed about it dip your
0: wick you feel me name three things you'd hate to find in your burrito
1: uh cum piss blood
0: all true all i mean i can't argue any of that That's all very true okay last one i didn't expect you to be like wiping through these as quickly as you are
1: well i'm trying to beat it all in five seconds that's part of the game baby
0: name three messy activities
1: uh fucking mud wrestling and changing a diaper
0: true and right right with a ball's hair from the end good job (laughs) babe good job so i'm a
1: man dude what can i say
0: yeah i really
1: want to make some coffee okay not now but i will like at the, yeah i don't think i'm gonna finish this do you want this tea
0: sure here
1: can i fill you up sure here, i'll fill you up
0: here you give me a little warm-up give me a little warm-up oh god jesus ah oh it's like spraying everywhere thanks yeah,
1: just like i was this morning when we had sex this
0: is a family podcast and when i say a family podcast i mean our families listen to it
1: yeah newsflash gross i'm fucking gross
0: (laughs) 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 who Uh, who wants to go first
1: i don't fucking care you can go first all right you always go first i let you go
0: first well you know ladies first um my uh article is all in regards to natalie wood you remember that shit
1: yeah the (laughs) woman who was killed in the alter-skelter killing the manson family killings what natalie wood
0: what no oh
1: wait Robert, you're talking about like the the actress that was thrown over the boat yeah who was i thinking of
0: i think you were thinking sharon tate T- sharon tate yeah
1: well they were both like hollywood actresses. the pregnant that got, one they got like killed under mysterious circumstances
0: not really we all know what happened with sharon tate we don't know what happened with natalie we, we just know that robert wagner and christopher walken was involved yeah well it turns yeah. out there. <laughs> and I was hoping that you would do some Christopher Walken impressions throughout this
1: I didn't have any so I'm like I'm, I'm present but here, I'm just like
0: I'll just slap you come here you want me to slap you no man alright well it would have been an easy solution hey calm down all right, well, this article comes from the LA Times. The Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department reopened its investigation in 2011, but no charges were ever filed, and officials said at the time they were not sure if a crime had occurred. This week, one of the investigators on the case, John Karina, Caron- reignited interest with comments about Wagner and his wife's death. He is a person of interest because he was the last one to see Natalie Wood. And somehow she ends up in the water and drowns, says Karina, a lieutenant in the Sheriff's Department Homicide Bureau. Wagner, the lieutenant said, has refused to talk to investigators. The original story that's been told that Wood took a dinghy into town and fell into the water doesn't add up, Karina said. There was a rainstorm and rough waters that night that Wood disappeared. She was one of the four people in a large boat when she went into the water but detectives believed wagner was alone with her and one part of the vessel karina said
1: but was christopher walking on the boat
0: yeah he was on the boat okay some of the things we found that wagner did afterwards or didn't do in the boat caused us to say that just doesn't make any sense karina said we're at the end of the investigation and we're at a standstill so we thought we'd give it one more shot to the public investigators received more than 100 trips tips since reopening the case said sheriff's department spokeswoman nicole nishida new witnesses told detectives that they heard noises coming from the boat on the night of wood's disappearance she said one heard yelling and crashing sounds coming from the couple's stateroom aboard the vessel nishida said in a statement others reported hearing what sounds like the voices of wood and wagner arguing on the back of the boat according to nishida The witnesses provide a new sequence of events surrounding Woods' death that differs from the original version given by previous witnesses, Nishita said. Do we have enough to make an arrest at this moment? No, that remains a suspicious death investigation. However, as sheriff's homicide detectives, we know that even the most difficult cases can be solved when a witness comes forward. It's far from clear whether the new details reflect a significant change in the case. The department has long questioned aspects of Wagner's story. The last official change in the case came from 2013 when the Los Angeles County Coroner's Office amended Wood's death from accidental drowning to drowning and other undetermined factors. The coroner's report cited unexplained fresh bruising on the actress's right forearm, forearm, left wrist, and right knee along with a scratch on her neck and a superficial scrape on her forehead. Officials said the wounds open the possibility that she was assaulted before she drowned. Karina's comments come as CBS 48 Hours is about to broadcast interviews with sheriff detectives who note the autopsy findings and say they believe Wagner knows more about what happened than he previously stated. She looked like a victim of an assault, sheriff's Ralph Hernandez told 48 Hours. Investigators said during the interviews that they had been unable to figure out what exactly had happened on the boat. We have not been able to prove this was a homicide, and we haven't been able to prove that it was an accident either, Hernandez said. The ultimate problem is that we don't know how she ended up in the water. Wagner gave three interviews to detectives during the original investigation three decades ago. Karina told The Times in 2013 that the actor changed his story over the years as has the caretaker of the vessel. So Wagner's attorney, Blair Burke, said in 2013 that Wagner had nothing to do with the death. But after 30 years, neither Mr. Wagner nor his daughters have any new information to add to the latest investigation. She blamed publicly seekers for trying to exploit the case. Can you blame them? Mm -hmm. Burke could not immediately be reached for comment Thursday. Alan Yurob, a spokesman for Wagner, declined declined to comment. The 2013 coroner's report noted conflicting statements about when Woods had disappeared and whether she had argued with Wagner, who, along with Walken, Woods' co-star in the film Brainstorm, was aboard the 60-foot yacht where she was last seen alive November 28, 1981. Hours before her death, authorities said the three actors had dined together at Doug's Harbor Reef Restaurant and then returned to the yacht called The Splendor, where they drank and an argument ensued between Walken and Wagner. According to the autopsy report, Wood went missing about midnight, and an analysis of her stomach contents placed her death at around that time. The report said Wagner placed a radio call to report her missing at 1.30 a.m., The original investigators believed Wood sustained her bruising after falling off the yacht and struggling to pull herself from the water into a rubber dinghy, whose starboard side bore scratch marks that seemed consistent with that theory. But in his report, the coroner noted that investigators did not take fingernail clippings from Wood's body to determine whether she had made scratch marks, and the dinghy was no longer available to be examined. The coroner believes Wood died soon after entering the water. There's just a whole lot of shit that I I don't even know if we're ever going to know, really. But the question still remains.
1: Yeah, it's like really, I don't know, man. I've always felt really sad about Natalie Wood's situation.
0: Her whole life, it's very sad. She's just kind of
1: like used and abused. Like the definition of like an ingenue.
0: Yeah. She was like shit. She was a child.
1: Kind of like, yeah,
0: man. She's a child when so many just barbaric Hollywood experiences happened to her. Well, Robert
1: Rag- Wagner's career kind of got fucking derailed by the whole thing. Like everybody was really I mean, he's been under suspicion since it happened. Like Well, nobody, he's he's changed out.
0: his story. He's changed yeah. his story over the decades since happening. Um I I don't know. I I doubt that Christopher Walken had anything to do with it, but you never know. Just like I mean, It's, it's probably like,
1: I don't know if like, there's, there's theories abounding that they conspired together to kind of get rid of her, but I don't know. I don't know what Walken's game would have been. Well, I I don't know. I, I don't, that's why it's kind of like suspicious.
0: Yeah, it, well, suspicious is definitely the word to describe the entire case. So, if you're interested in that kind of, the only person uh, that
1: knows if it's true or not is Robert Wagner, and the only one that really knows the full truth is Natalie Wood.
0: Absolutely.
1: But she's, you know, they never found her, right? No, they, they
0: found her. They did got, they? yeah, they performed an autopsy, but they didn't check under her nails. So the theory is assumed that because they had an argument, she she left. She took a dinghy back to um, shore and there was weather and the weather took her out and she she drowned but the autopsy that was performed the coroner went back on a statement and said that yeah it was like possible drowning but there were other things going on there for sure because she has sustained so many injuries like she she looked like i think she was obviously pushed over and wagner took the time from oh. midnight to one calling the authorities at one thirty to To just trying to cover it up to the best of his ability I think she was alive when she hit the water and I think she was like probably trying to get herself back on like to keep herself from drowning and I think that I think he's he caused it
1: I say it's suspicious I'd say who knows
0: but I mean we'll never know
1: it's suspicious though what a what a I'll waste give you that. what
0: a waste for sure
1: well talk about let's talk about something uh
0: yeah, I got so many like heavy ass articles
1: cool perfect <laughs> um, Toronto cops allegedly got so high on edibles they had to call for backup
0: what oh no
1: they got this is from a uh,
0: rookies Vice,
1: uh,
0: pussy yeah.
1: Toronto police have taken notorious, notoriously tough stance on weed dispensaries. Fuck.
0: Oh. Something, something and you were dish. just talking shit to me about how, like, oh, why are you gotta make your printouts? I'm like, well, because technology can get fucked up sometimes, and then Fuck. I, I'm sitting there struggling, waiting for it to load.
1: Motherfucker.
0: Ah uh, I should have printed Seriously, it out. Seriously.
1: You bitch. <laughs>
0: Fucking.
1: Hold on. Talk while this loads
0: well I mean I think that I've just I can't get Natalie Wood out of my head I always can't get her out of my head I've her life dude what a what a and what timing on that information too considering the Me Too movement and all this bullshit that women are like yeah see it's always been here like it's always been an issue and like why this isn't new news so it's like yeah look at fucking Natalie Wood's life
1: Jesus okay okay
0: you got your shit together?
1: Yeah, I hope so. Toronto police have taken a notoriously tough stance on weed dispensaries, but according to multiple media reports, two officers got high on the job Sunday and had to call for help after seizing and eating and edibles, edibles in a raid. <laughs> Pathetic. This is from uh, News Talk Ten Ten is reporting that two officers from Thirteen Division raided a dispensary Saturday night, and then early Sunday morning ate some of the raided edibles while still on the job. When they didn't get high fast enough, the cops allegedly made the rookie mistake of consuming more edibles. According to Newstalk 1010's police source, the weed eventually did kick in, at which point, point the officers were allegedly so high, they had to call their colleagues for help.
0: Why didn't they just say that they were ill from food poisoning? Why'd they fucking... God, what a bunch of pussies. What? Hi, man. What? That's pretty
1: funny. Toronto... Police service has not yet responded to Vice request for comment. Mike McCormick, the president of the Toronto Police Association, which represents officers, confirmed that two cops from 13 Division are being investigated by the Professional Standards Unit, but said he could not confirm the specifics of the investigation. In the meantime, CBC reports that the cops have been suspended. According to News Talk 1010, the stoned officers got freaked out when they began to hallucinate and called fellow officers. To call an ambulance from a police car, but when backup arrived, one of them allegedly ran off in a panic, and a cop following foot slipped and injured and hit his oh fuck, foot slipped and injured his head on ice. He fell like
0: because he's like the
1: demons, the fucking demons are after me, and T, the T dot oh
0: dot no
1: He's is after me.
0: Oh no, I had too many maple donuts.
1: I gotta get to. I gotta get some timbets.
0: Jimmy Old really did me wrong this time. Oh, oh no! no. <laughs> uh,
1: CBC Toronto said the alleged edible thieves were also taken to the hospital for treatment. What? What are you gonna do? Give them water?
0: What? Is, that's the thing. It's like, oh my god, that's the thing. Is whenever people do dumb shit, like, like they, they take the too many that's out of the treatment, they go and they're they like, go the they go to the fucking hot, Well, Of course, for them, their healthcare system isn't as expensive as I mean, ours people so. have
1: definitely freaked out on it
0: but you've got to do not call as an ambulance as, you, as
1: bad as you feel when you get too high you just have to always write you it just
0: out. have to relax like just remember just, just remember you took an edible and i promise you i promise it you that is forever. the kryptonite of being too high is remembering that you took an edible and then thinking i'm just too high and i promise you you can you can talk yourself down from the ledge and also don't be a fucking pussy man have some dramamine in your cupboard always make sure you've got a little chemical on hand to counteract it drink
1: some water do some push-ups just don't sit down you should do
0: to be honest you should do yoga because i personally am much more flexible when i'm high
1: yeah just do some like just do some physical activity to get just like some safe physical activity don't like go running out into the street yeah definitely don't do that the demons are after me try
0: to not be in public that's always my recommendation when too high
1: McCormick could not say whether or not the officers are subject to criminal investigation but the idea that cops can't handle their drugs doesn't seem surprising (sighs) because they're fucking bitches because they're all
0: pussies yep oh my god this isn't police academy like what universe (laughs) do these cops live on crazy right oh my god how many every week i think we should implement like a funny cop story like always we should always have because it seems like when
1: it's when it's when it's actually good
0: the last three weeks we've had like a cop story really yeah every episode
1: you know just let it happen naturally
0: i'm just saying i'm just saying
1: i think it's pretty easy to make fun of a cop because they're so uh,
0: i think easy and necessary
1: there's they're just like the bullies the bullies that fucking Bullies Need on a the job playground, out of
0: it. yeah, yeah. They're the hall monitors. Let all the Let power all went out. to their head. Exactly. Yeah, man. They Like the
1: power. They like the feeling of the power.
0: Fucking pigs, I say, and then get arrested, and then this gets used in court. Um,
1: Freedom of speech, man.
0: Do you want me to proceed with my sad ass article?
1: Proceed. Sad. Yeah,
0: empowering. Maybe I'm just really on a. I'm um, speaking of power going in my head i really just have like an affinity right now for this for this movement that's happening in hollywood and i just think it's so goddamn important and oh I, want, I know what you're gonna talk about i don't about. want the steam to lose i don't want anybody to lose steam on this topic because it's just we're not done yet you know what i mean
1: no i know what you're gonna i know what you're gonna talk about though
0: i want to i want to talk about this new york times article um an interview of with uma thurman <coughs> finally telling us exactly why she's pissed because everybody remembers that excerpt little voice clip it came from a, a while ago she's on a red carpet event and they ask her to speak on harvey weinstein and she's she just says i'm angry i haven't found the words yet but i'll let you know when i'm there which i thought was really beautiful because i'm like yeah you should not speak out of anger she just let them know that she wasn't there yet or
1: emotion she just didn't want to speak out of uh, she just didn't want to say emotional. the wrong thing she wanted to be professional
0: She wanted to be articulate. I was pissed.
1: I already read this, but I think it's good enough still to share.
0: Yeah. um, Well, uh, yes, Uma Thurman is mad. She has been raped. She has been sexually assaulted. She has been mangled in hot steel. She has been betrayed and gaslighted by those she trusted. And we're not talking about her role as the blood-splattered bride in Kill Bill. We're talking about a world that's just as cutthroat, amoral, vindictive, and misogynistic as any Quentin Tarantino hellscape. We're talking about Hollywood, where even an avenging angel has a hard time getting respect, much less bloody satisfaction. Playing Foxy Mia Wallace in 1994's Pulp Fiction and ferocious Beatrix Kiddo in Kill Bill Volumes 1, 2003, and 2, and 2004, Thurman was a Lysum? Lysum? I don't know how to say it or... Goddess in a creation myth of Harvey Weinstein and Quentin Tarantino. The Miramax... Lysian, I think. Oh. The Miramax... Troika was a ultimate and in indie cool a spellbound Tarantino often described his amateur muse relationship with Thurman who helped him conceive the idea of the bloody bride as an Alfred Hitchcock Ingrid Birmingham legend with a foot fetish thrown in but beneath the glistening Oscar gold there was a dark undercurrent that twisted the triangle. Pulp Fiction made Weinstein rich and respected, and Thurman says he introduced her to President Barack Obama at a fundraiser as a reason he had his house. The complicated feeling I have about Harvey is how bad I feel about all the women that were attacked after I was. She told me one recent night, looking anguished in her elegant apartment in River House on Manhattan's east side as she vaped tobacco, sipped white wine, and fed empty pizza boxes into the fireplace. I'm one of the reasons that a young girl would walk into his room alone, the way I did.
1: Wait, I missed that part. She she was like, the interview's being conducted, she's throwing empty pizza, pizza boxes into a fireplace? Yeah. Is the fireplace active?
0: It's, yeah. Is she
1: like, has a bum fire in her apartment?
0: No, it obviously, obviously there's like a chimney and it's carrying out the smoke. It's not like a gas fireplace, that's just...
1: No, I know, but that's kind of funny. I mean, it's
0: it's quirky, but it kind of makes sense considering it's Uma Thurman.
1: She can do whatever she wants. Yeah, man. I'm just saying. I just like when I read that, I missed that.
0: No, I, I read that over again too. I was like, what was she doing? Yeah. I am one of the reasons that ugh, I'm not gonna read that over again. And all these lambs walked into the slaughter because they were convinced nobody rises to such a position who would have something illegal, to, something illegal to you. But they do. Thurman stresses that creative artists in and. Agency, her former agency, was connected to the Weinstein's predatory behavior. It has since issued a public apology. I stand as both a person who was subjected to it and a person who was then also part of the cloud cover. And that's a super weird split to have, she says. She talks mordantly about the power from pulp and reminds me that it's in the Library of Congress, part of the American narrative. When asked about the scandal on the red carpet at the October premiere for her Broadway play, The Parisian Woman, an intrigue about a glamorous woman in President Trump's Washington written by House of Cards creator Beau Williamson.
1: Williamson, you slow, slow down a little bit. You're well, like, kind of like steamrolling a little bit.
0: Is that the name? Because there's a, it's just mistyped.
1: It's Beau Williamson, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's mistyped. Don't fucking tell me how to read. I was
1: like, what? You just, you're like rushing through it.
0: Why don't you you stick to your fucking articles? Tell me how to read. Hey, I'm
1: just saying. (sighs) Rude. Okay.
0: She looked steely and said that she was waiting to feel less angry before she was talking about it. I used the word anger, but I was more worried about crying, to tell you the truth, she says now. I was not a groundbreaker on a story and I knew it to be true. So what you really saw was a person buying time, which I think actually makes sense in retrospect. Yeah. Yeah. By Thanksgiving, Thurman. She doesn't
1: want to pile on just to pile on.
0: No, definitely. I think that was smart of her. By Thanksgiving, Thurman had begun to unsheathe her Hatori Hanzo, Instagramming a screenshot of her Roaring Rampage of Revenge monologue and wishing everybody a happy birthday. Except you, Harvey, and all your wicked conspirators. I'm glad it's going slowly. You don't deserve a bullet. Stay tuned. Stretching out her lanky frame on a brown velvet couch in front of the fire, Thurman tells her story with an occasional interruptions from her five-year-old daughter from her ex financier. Sure, arpid buzon luna's and her pjs munching on a raw cucumber her two older kids with ethan hawk maya an actress and levon a high school student also drop by in interviews over the years thurman has offered a zen outlook when talking about her painful breakup from hawk she had a brief first marriage to gary oldman her hall features a large golden buddha from her parents in woodstock her father, Robert Thurman, as a Buddhist professor of Indo Tibetan studies at Columbia, who thinks Uma is a reincarnated goddess. But beneath. He would. was <laughs> well, cool. She, she is.
1: That's a silly thing to think, though. A goddess doesn't get reincarnated because they don't die.
0: You just got to think about what you just said there a little bit. Because technically, wouldn't, wouldn't that make the most sense then? Because they don't die, they reincarnate? Because that's the whole point of reincarnation.
1: Well, they wouldn't have to be recycled.
0: (sighs) But beneath that reserve and golden aura, she has learned to be a street fighter. She says when she was 16, living in a studio apartment in Manhattan and starting her movie career, she went to a club one winter night and met an actor, nearly 20 years older, who coerced her afterwards when they went to his Greenwich Village brownstone for a nightcap. I was ultimately compliant she remembers i tried to say no i cried i did everything i could do he told me the door was locked but i never ran over and tried the knob when i got home i remember i stood in front of the mirror and looked at my hands and i was so mad at them for not being bloody or bruised something like that tunes the dial one way or another right become more compliant or less compliant and i think i became less compliant Thurman got to know Weinstein and his first wife, Eve, in the afterglow of Pulp Fiction. I knew him pretty well before he attacked me, she said. He used to spend hours talking to me about material and complimenting my mind and validating me. It possibly made me overlook warning signs. This was my champion. I was never any kind of studio darling. He had a chokehold on the type of films and directors that were right for me. Things soon went off kilter in a meeting with his Paris hotel room. It went right over my head," she says. "There were they were arguing about a script when the bathrobe came out. I didn't feel threatened," she recalls. "I'm so
1: fucking angry. I'm gonna throw this on. I know. This doesn't make any sense."
0: "Well, neither really does he. I didn't I feel." "Imagine
1: how you could naturally do that."
0: "I think. I think I can. I think I can. I, think I can just understand think you're,
1: "I think you do it like the way I'm imagining it, yeah. and then people are just so shocked." that like it's happening yeah
0: that's it exactly no that's it exactly it's it's a lot of shock and it's a lot of just like instantaneous trauma that just like hits and you there you are like you don't know what you're doing very suddenly i didn't feel threatened she recalls i thought he was being super idiosyncratic like this was your kooky eccentric uncle he told her to follow him down the hall there were always, she said, vestibules within corridors within chambers so they could keep talking. When I followed him through a door and it was a steam room and I was standing there in my full black leather outfit, boots, pants, jacket, and it was so high, I said, this is ridiculous. What are you doing? And he was getting very flustered and mad and he jumped up and ran out. The first... Attack, she says, comes not long after in Weinstein's suit at the Savoy Hotel in London. It was such a bat to the head. He pushed me down. He tried to shove himself on me. He tried to expose himself. He did all kinds of unpleasant things, but he didn't actually put his back into it and force me. You're like an animal wiggling away like a lizard. I was doing anything I could to get the train back on track. My track, not his track. She was staying in Fulham with her friend Lonia Herman... Robert De Niro's longtime makeup artist who later worked on Thurman and Kill Bill the next day to her house arrived a 26 inch wide vulgar bunch of roses Thurman says they were yellow and I opened the note like it was a soiled diaper and it just said you have great instincts what the
1: fuck does that even mean
0: then she says Weinstein. Yeah, you
1: shouldn't have fucked me.
0: Then she says Weinstein's assistants started calling again to talk about projects. She thought she could confront him and clear it up, but she took Herman with her and asked Weinstein to meet her at the Savoy Bar. The assistants had their own special choreography to lure actresses into the spider's web, and they pressured Thurman, putting Weinstein on the phone to say again it was a misunderstanding, and we have so many projects together. Finally, she agreed to go upstairs. While herman waited on the city city god goddamn, outside the elevators excuse me once the assistants vanished thurman says she warned weinstein if you do what you did to me to other people you will lose your career your reputation and your family i promise you her memory of the incident abruptly stops there
1: god damn
0: though a representative through a representative weinstein who is in therapy in arizona agreed that she very well could have said this downstairs Herman was getting nervous it seemed to take forever the friend told me finally the elevator doors opened and Thurman walked out she was very disheveled and so upset and had this blank look Herman recalled her eyes were crazy and she was totally out of control I shoveled shoveled her into the taxi and we went home to my house she was really shaking Herman says that when the actress was able to talk again, she revealed that Weinstein had threatened to derail her career. Through a spokesperson, Weinstein denied ever threatening her prospects and said that he thought she was a brilliant actress. He acknowledged her account of the episodes, but said that up until the Paris steam room, they had a flirtatious, fun-working relationship.
1: Flirtatious? I Remember when I tried to fuck you when you didn't want it? Flirtatious.
0: That's, I think that's the. Where do you get off? That's something that he genuinely believes is true because I think that Weinstein is the type of guy who, um, let me correct myself, the kind of asshole who thinks that he's justified in his behavior. It's like women have, and like, let me tell you something about women. We don't have a lot of strength, strength for the most part, physically over men. That's not an advantage that we have by nature. What we have to do is we have to camouflage ourselves with verbal cues, you know? We we have to be agree agreeable to keep ourselves from being fucking killed by these these pieces of shit really. So, in his mind, I could see why he says that because he doesn't fucking understand that he's making these girls scared beyond their wits. So any any opportunity that a woman can get out of that situation oftentimes will come from just us saying something that's like, yeah, sure, okay, let me just, you know what I mean, just to, like, get yeah. out of it. And they're right. like, oh, well, she's not saying, like, go fuck yourself, so
1: this must be cool
0: this must be okay but it's not like you're making her uncomfortable it's like vis- visibly i'm sure she yeah, was it's like how do you not because they don't because they don't <laughs> want that to be the case so they like live in this delusional existence anyway mr weinstein acknowledges making a pass at ms thurman in england after misreading her signals in paris the statement said he immediately apologized Was that an apology? Uh, Thurman says that even though she was in the middle of a run of Merrimack's projects, she privately regarded Weinstein as an enemy after that. One top Hollywood executive who knew them both said the work relationship continued, but that basically she didn't give him the time of day. Thurman says that she could tolerate the mogul in, in supervised environments and that she assumed she had aged out of the window of his assault range. She attended the party he had in Soho in September for Tarantino's engagement to Daniela Pick, an Israeli singer. In response to queries about Thurman's revelations, Weinstein sent along six pictures of chummy photos of the two of them at premieres and parties over the years.
1: Oh, like to bait her into not.
0: He he's trying to be like well, then why did we take so many photos together for all that time? And it's like, she looks visibly uncomfortable in every photo. He, he just doesn't see it because he's delusional. Because he's a total piece of shit. And that brings us to the Quentin of it all, as Thurman calls it. The animosity between Weinstein and Thurman's infected-her-career partnership with Tarantino. Married to Hawk with a baby daughter and a son on the way, Thurman went to the Cannes Film Festival in
1: 2001 what
0: sorry you know what i meant we don't have a film
1: festival dog
0: (laughs) just you and me it's just ours she says tarantino noticed after a dinner that she was skittish around weinstein which was a problem since they were all about to make kill bill she says she reminded tarantino she had already told him about the savoy incident but he probably dismissed it like oh poor harvey trying to get girls he can't have whatever he told himself who knows But she reminded him again, and the penny dropped for him. He confronted Harvey. Later, by the pool under the caprice trees of the luxurious Hotel de Cap, Thurman recalls Weinstein said he was hurt and surprised by her accusations. She then firmly reiterated what happened in London. At some point, his eyes changed, and he went from aggressive to ashamed. She says, and he offered her an apology, with many of the sentiments he would trot out about 16 years later when the walls caved in. I just walked away, stunned. Like, okay, well, there's my half-assed apology. Thurman says, Weinstein confronted Friday, confirmed Friday that he apologized. An unusual admission from him, which spurned Thurman to Riley. Re- note, his therapy must be working. Since the revelations about Weinstein became public last fall, Thurman has relived her encounters with him, and a gruesome episode on location for Kill Bill in Mexico made her feel blindsided as the bride and as determined to get her due no matter how long it took. With four days left after nine months of shooting the sadistic saga, Thurman was asked to do something that made her draw the line. In the famous scene where she was driving a blue convertible to Kill Bill, The same one she put on Instagram on Thanksgiving. She was asked to do the driving herself. But she had been led to believe by a teamster, she says, that the car, which had been reconfigured from stick shift to automatic, might not be working that well. She says she insisted that she didn't feel comfortable operating the car and she would prefer a stunt person to do it. Naturally, obviously, like, yes, girl.
1: Put somebody in a wig.
0: Definitely. Producers said that they did not recall her objecting. I think that's extremely unlikely. Quentin came in my trailer and didn't like to hear no, like any director, she says. He was furious because I had cost him a lot of time, but I was scared. He said, I promise you the car is fine. It's a straight piece of road. He persuaded her to do it and instructed, hit 40 miles per hour or your hair won't blow the right way and I'll make you have to do it again. But this was a death box I was in. The seat wasn't screwed down properly. It, It was a sand road and it wasn't a straight road. Tarantino did not by the way respond to requests for comment on that. Thurman then shows me the footage and she says it took her 15 years to get solving my own Nancy Drew mystery she says. It's from the point of view a camera mounted on the back of the Carmen Gia. It's frightening to watch Thurman wrestled with the car as it drifts off the road and smashes into a palm tree. Her contorted torso heaving helplessly until crew members appear in the frame to pull her out of the wreckage.
1: I mean, yeah, it's fucked up. It, it obviously is. F- footage. It's crazy she survived it because there's no airbags in a Carmen Ghia. I drew that for a project I was on. They're, they're like, I remember thinking when I was drawing this, I'm like, man, I'm glad they make cars. Like, obviously, this looks cool, but you would die in this.
0: I mean, it looks so traumatic. Like that accident looks. It's
1: amazing she didn't fucking get like. Like
0: more fucked up more by it. More
1: fucked up, like going to a coma from hitting her head on the steering wheel or something.
0: Tarantino leans in as Thurman flashes a relieved smile when she realizes she can briefly stand. The steering wheel was at my belly and my legs were jammed under me, she says. I felt this searing pain and thought, oh my God, I'm never going to walk again, she says. When I came back from the hospital in a neck brace with my knees damaged and a large mass of egg on my head and a concussion... I wanted to see the car, and I was really upset. Quentin and I had an enormous fight, and I accused him of trying to kill me. And he was very angry at that, I guess understandably, because he didn't feel that he had tried to kill me. Well, hes what do you mean? He's just... He, I mean, he's Quentin Tarantino. You can imagine the ego this guy has. Yeah, he's
1: got a huge ego. And he's, he's a like, director. You're, you're in my movie, and you're going to do what I say you're going to do, because yeah. I'm fucking Quentin Tarantino, Yeah, man. I mean,
0: I can absolutely... I can see, like, her... I can see her side more than anybody. Like, I think that there really is only Uma Thurman's side in this story. Usually there's, like... You know what they say? There's always two to five sides in every story. But I feel like Uma is... My thing is, like, On the fucking guy, point.
1: He's gotten the glory for all his accomplishments already. But this is the price you pay for putting fucking actors at risk.
0: This is... This is what you, you have get, coming you, you to get, you yeah
1: you have you get taken to task for it man it's i don't a, and i watched the shot the i remember watching it in the movie and it's like you could easily put a stump person in a wig
0: it didn't need to be i just don't understand like but obviously obviously there's just more to the story that's going that's just keying up queuing up to go against her and i i just feel like if you what more evidence do you need than this whole scenario she describes even though their marriage was spiraling spiraling apart Hawk immediately left the abbey of Gethsemane in Kentucky to fly to his wife's side I approached Quentin in very serious terms and told him that he had let Uma down as a director and as a friend he told me he said he told Tarantino hey man she's a great actress not a stunt driver and you know that Hawk added that the director was very upset with himself and asked for my forgiveness. Two weeks after the crash, after trying to see the car and the footage of the incident, she had her lawyer send a letter to Miramax, summarizing the event and reserving the right to sue. Miramax offered to show her the footage if she signed a document releasing them of any consequences of my future pain and suffering, she says. So she fucking didn't. Thurman says her mind meld with Tarantino was rattled. We were in a terrible fight for years, she explained. We had to then go through promoting the movies. It was all very thin ice. We had a fateful fight at Soho House in New York in 2004, and we were shouting at each other because he wouldn't let me see the footage, and he told me that was what they had all decided. Now, so many years after the accident, inspired by the reckoning on violence against women, reliving her own dehumanization to the point of death in Mexico, and furious that There had not been more legal repercussions against Weinstein. Thurman says she handed over the result of her own excavations to the police and ramped up the pressure to cajole the crash footage out of Tarantino. Quentin finally atoned by giving it to me after 15 years, right? She says. Not that it matters now with my permanently damaged neck and my screwed up knees. It's so fucked up. As she sits by the fire in the second night and we talk until 3 a.m., tears begin to fall down her cheeks. She brushed them away. When they turned on me after the accident, she says, I went from being a creative contributor and performer to being like a broken tool thurman says that in kill bill tarantino had done the honors with some of the sadistic flourishes himself spitting in her face in a scene where michael madsen is seen on screen doing it and choking her with a chain in the scene where a teenager named gogo is on screen doing it harvey assaulted me but that didn't kill me she says what really got me about the crash was that it was a cheap shot I'd been through so many rings of fire by that point, I had really always felt a connection to the greater good in my work with Quentin, and most of what I allowed to happen to me and what I participated in was kind of like a horrible mud wrestle with a very angry brother. But at least I had some say, you know? She says. She didn't feel disempowered by any of it. Until the crash. Personally, it's taken me 47 years to stop calling people who are mean to you in love with you. It took a long time, because I think as little girls, we are conditioned to believe that cruelty and love somehow have a connection, and that is, like, a sort of era we need to evolve out of. Mm, That's the end of it. Such, such... Wild, man. Articulate, um, thoughts, and... It makes sense
1: now that she's waited. I think, I think... Her statements would have maybe not as been impactful if she kind of just said.
0: She know. just, I think she just needed to organize her thoughts.
1: Because she's like, so much kind of happened that is wrong. It's like here's the, you know, the studio side of it, and then here's even the creative side of it. How yeah. women can be victimized in the industry. Mm-hmm. And I'd say like entertainment is is a you know it's a cushy fucking. It's probably the most comfortable way to make a living. If you're an if you're an entertainer, especially an actor. Mm-hmm. Like you, you do a little bit of work and then everybody cares about how you're feeling and what your motivation you're is. The performer. And if you are motivated. You're the performer, you're the talent. Yeah. So like this is something though that it it's like this is the price you have to pay to to fucking deal with that shit in, in certain circumstances, like if you're gonna be in an action movie like that you may work with a director that does this and it's like, Hmm, is that really like called for though? Like, obviously I'm an actor. Obviously like, do they see them as, I I feel like we see it the way we see it, which is how I described it as like a cushy way to make a living. But I think directors, honestly, some of them, like these auteur directors see it as like a way to No, you're just a tool. Mm -hmm. I'm going to use you. Mm hmm. And, I mean, I've been on productions where I'm not an actor, but, like, I've definitely felt more like a tool than I probably should be made to feel. Like, I'm like, you know, what, you know, what the fuck is going on here? Like, let's, let's figure out a way to make this work for both of us. But, obviously, physically, she was physically fucked up. And I've always wondered why she wasn't in more action movies.
0: I know. Well, it's because she just got a bad taste in her mouth, clearly. I think
1: it was, like, because she was physically fucked up. Like she couldn't physically be in action movies because she can't fucking run, maybe, or something.
0: Yeah, it it, turn her head. I mean, it just damaged her emotionally and physically, and that's such a hard thing to try to come back from. And not even that, but she's like trying to do her part in righting some of the wrongs, and she's not really able to because when you're in that position, and you still, you still need, like, at the end of the day you you have a craft and you still need to be paid for it and you still need to be able to work yeah. but you can't because your body's all fucked up now and there's all this politi- political political you know, yeah. legal shit going on with really truly like one of the biggest names there
1: but i think it's also something i think the reason the focal point is there because that's where the public's attention is it's like you're going to you're going to care about what studio executives and all that shit are up to but i i bet you that it and i know for a fact it applies to any form of Career or even just life, like Mm -hmm. there's gonna be these these domineering personalities that have to have it their way, and they fucking see what they can get away with because they have power, yeah, and all that shit. Absolutely. um, No, fuck them, man. No, fuck them. I think it's like, I think I think our culture's changing in a way that's like everybody's shocked that they were able to get away with it for so long. But I think like it was so, like I said before, it was so just. You would he would just he probably tried it once like and speaking specifically about like Harvey Weinstein or even maybe even Louis C.K. with like jerking off in front of women.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was listening to Hila Klein's interview about because she likes Louis C.K. and she's from H three H three. Yeah, yeah, Ethan's I know. Wife, yeah, I know who you're and She was about. talking about like she probably she and then she was talking kind of about this stuff which I under, I can understand like from her level like just being on a street and having to deal with it. Yeah. And then, like, if you have to deal with these mega stars,
0: mm-hmm.
1: people just try, like, not peop- not every person, but there are certain people in the world that just try things out on other people to yeah. see what they can get away with. Yeah. And I think, depending on how much power you have in the situation, if you're on the sidewalk, obviously you don't have as much power. If, the, if like, the woman is just like, you're just, you know, some fucking strange weirdo, give the fuck away or or you don't even acknowledge them, whatever. But if you're trying to get into a movie or if you're trying to get a job or if you're um, hoping to make a good impression for any kind of reason or yeah. just resolve a conflict and somebody pulls something like that, mm-hmm. you, you're just thrown off kilter in a way that is... You don't know what the social norm of dealing with something that absurd is until it gets so far that you either choose to like let it happen because you're just in shock. I think, I think people are just in shock or they're just fighting or something, you know, it's just like, but obviously Harvey, Harvey Weinstein was doing this shit for years because I think people were so worried about their, jo- their careers. Yeah. And like, they probably didn't even, I, I think a lot of people just couldn't even believe it was happening.
0: I think that goes without saying.
1: Like just so, well, though, I mean, it's kind of, when you think about it, it's like, So back to my point, it's like, you need to just take these people to task when they fuck up, like if they actually fuck up.
0: I mean, to be honest with you though, that's just a really simplistic approach because the reason why it survived for so long is one, I think anybody who did step forward was, it was such a small population that, and he, he just, they were just blackmailed that, but
1: as we live in a new world now.
0: Blacklisted, I guess. Or
1: obviously like it you are affected if you have accusations, starting you? And I, and what I'm saying is I'm like, just saying it's not
0: know. it's not as it it should be, but it's not that simple. And I think there's still there's until we've righted a lot of the expectations from society that it's just so deep it's really hard to explain. But you know, you go into you go into a setting as a woman and you you hope that during this job interview, for example, something like just as simple as like a job interview and you have, you know, the, the art director is a man and everybody warns you about the man during the fucking interview. And it's like, just a heads up. The guy is kind of an asshole. So, you know, don't be offended. And, you know, we'll see how long he lasts. That's what they, that's what all the women you interview with tell you. And then you meet the guy and he's fine. There's really nothing that, you know, that you worry about.
1: They're maybe just not wanting to expose themselves
0: early on. Exactly, and they're not, they're going to do it over a long period of time. They're going to take little steps and exercise what they get away with and then build off of that. So, like, one minute they ask you if you want a hug, and then the next minute they're making you feel like a piece of shit because... They're mansplaining what you just said to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's those kinds of moments, but they're so above you in your career and you're just getting you're, started. You're just
1: worried about fucking up your life and, by calling somebody to this task.
0: And so, like, a lot of these women, you, you want to go to HR. You want to take the right... Like you're saying, you want to take the right steps to be like, this is wrong. And I'm not just doing this for myself. I'm doing this because it's the right thing to do. But it just doesn't work like that it never f- works like that do you
1: but do you think in the current climate climate that it's you
0: ha-
1: i'm automatically cautious when it comes to like I, that sort of contact with with like a female coworker i'm way more handsy with like a male coworker because you're a
0: normal dude
1: and normal well i think a lot of guys are just normal but there are those like people that just try to like
0: i think it's the men who are in the in yeah, the, like, in power who are systematically the ones responsible for perpetuating it because they think that they're above it and you cannot get rid of it until it it's not even just hollywood it's happening in warehouses of, and groveport yeah, you know
1: everybody has to be aware of it obviously like i'm all for approaching somebody that you don't know to be in a relationship because how else i mean like there, there's ways to go about that in the proper way, like where you're, where you're making somebody feel like an equal in that regard. Mm-hmm. But to do it the way that these guys do it, mm-hmm. it's they're grooming. It's almost like they're just training. Yeah, it's you know. grooming.
0: It's ex- exploitation, really, of yeah. that dynamic. And it's really obvious. It's just frustrating. I'm still frustrated. It's a
1: complicated issue, and it's fucked up. But I, I you know. I kind of think it's a subject that it's important to to kind of keep keep in mind, and not just because I feel like it, it's it was like ignored for so long. And speaking of Natalie Wood, she was like assaulted too, which is and by she Kirk was
0: Douglas. violently assaulted by Kirk assaulted. Douglas, that fucking she, old
1: skeletor son of a bitch. He
0: sent her to the fucking hospital. Yeah, and, and she, it's,
1: been, it's gone. It's gone on for so long
0: and he was gonna wreck her fucking career her mom was useless didn't do anything helpful yeah. at all just kept throwing her back into it so she turned around and <laughs> changed yeah. her career completely but i mean it is what it, it is what it is for now but i just can't wait to see this like i can't wait for us change
1: change is coming it's you know, we're gonna be matriarch
0: it's ladies turn we got this
1: well the thing is like Everybody's got to be more patient. My take, my takeaway from all this shit going on in our world, you just have to make incremental change. It's like the steering of the ship. Remember that person that yelled at, um, I think she was a trans woman, oh, yelled yeah. at Rose McGowan. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, everybody was like tweeting, like, what the fuck, Rose McGowan? Like, how can you not listen to that woman or, or let her talk? And I'm like, no, Rose McGowan's doing her thing. This crazy bitch gets up on, like, her pulpit in the audience and starts screaming, like, what have you done for us lately? And it's like, get, like, organize yourself.
0: She's like, I'm a woman. And Rose McGowan's like, I'm also a woman. Like, I know. She's what, like, what she, do you want? She's calling
1: her to task for not doing enough. And I'm like, get fucking Rose
0: McGowan's like, dude, I'm, like, literally doing the best I can. She's
1: like, I, then you, like, I can't do it all alone. Let's Let's work together. Like, let's, if you're going to come to my event and yell at me, I'm like, these people want online, want yeah. fucking shit to change tomorrow. And it's like, it doesn't work that way. It's just frustrating. Civilization doesn't work that way.
0: It stems from frustration. It stems from feeling like you have no control or no power. People need
1: to be more in control of their emotions than they are in public. I I think.
0: Yeah, I think that goes without saying, especially when you live out here in L.A. I think if you're going to
1: choose to make a point, it'd be good to talk. I think you could have made the same point to her in a normal voice and question and and not demand that, you know, she change her whole.
0: She literally could have just gone up to Rose McGowan at the end of that. Whole and all these conversation.
1: Virtue the, I, I told you this.
0: And just been like, what, so what are you, and asked the exact same question. So, what are you going to do yeah. to help, you know, the trans community and then specifically trans women? And then Rose McGowan would have been like, okay. And then had a, I genuinely believe that she would have had a conversation, but I you don't know, know. You know
1: what I hate more than like, even like the worst fucking troll on Twitter? And I told you this. <laughs> what? I hate people who just virtue signal and, and, and like try to like see. I think this too and I think this definitively and absolute because like you know just like you're just trying to get notes and followers and all that stuff I swear get fucked
0: I've only done so I've I've only
1: I hate that shit
0: excuse me I've only done this like social justice warrior shit once I only did it once and we I all did all it, it
1: we all, we all part- I've I partaken this- in, in it I've partaken in it but I'm also like I don't I don't make it well, my thing
0: The reason being, I've only done it once, and I did it once this week because somebody that I knew from college who's very, very talented posted something that I didn't agree with. It was slut-shaming at the end of the day. It was just slut-shaming, and it stemmed from a jealous place, and I just thought it was complete fucking bullshit. So I just called it out. was like, to be honest, that sounds like bullshit to me. And a lot of people were ridiculous and were like, people can have different opinions, and I'm like, yeah, but you have to understand that when you post on a public forum, those those people that go against what you're saying are going to show up and say, freedom of speech is say something in response. Freedom of speech
1: does not mean freedom to be a, an asshole. Thank you. You I can mean, still get taken to task for sounding like an asshole, which I think is fine.
0: And I think you should. I think that there is some kind of ownership. Like, the social justice warrior shit's like... Did you just assume the gender? It's like, all right, well, fucking calm the fuck down. Like, really. This like shit will happen. Like, but... can we just not get upset about every, like, small thing that occurs and maybe we'll all live longer? But, you know, at the end of the day, if, if somebody's being an asshole, they should be told that they're being an asshole. Yeah.
1: I think uh, people need to follow the golden rule and we'll all be fine. If you I, don't, mean, I think that's what the big problem is. I think thing. if you
0: don't have anything nice to say, you should just keep it to yourself because it's probably better that way. But, um, you know, my, every episode, my advice, don't be an asshole.
1: Don't be an asshole and just treat others the way you want to be treated, the way Christ intended, you know? Hmm. It is Sunday, dude. We gotta go to church, so let's wrap this thing up.
0: Uh, God help me. Um, I guess, uh, let's go with the astrology reading for the week. Friction concerning who's pulling the weight in a relationship could surface, and partnership across the board might be stressed. Also, you may feel torn between work and play, as the strong presence of Saturn in Capricorn seems to demand more of your time, energy, and effort, with the taskmaster planet residing comfortably in earthly Capricorn. Meanwhile, the moon in Virgo opposes Neptune in Pisces, creating an atmosphere ripe for idealism. On the plus side, deep connections and increased empathy are possible, but things can also get dark and manipulative. With the kind of polarity, you might have a harder time than usual discerning fact from fiction. Luckily, Jupiter and Mercury form a supportive 72-degree angle, improving communication and boosting business ideals and negotiations. As Mercury traverses forward, thinking Aquarius, new ideas, and a fresh approach to a professional dilemma could emerge. On the relationship front, the Jupiter-Mercury and quintile could help smooth over any misunderstandings caused by Venus butting heads with Saturn. Channel this energy thoughtfully and steer clear of underhanded tactics. Just remember, the truth can be painful, but it can also set you free. I don't know what that means. Kind of sounds like a bunch of bullshit. But, uh, yeah. It's for you to decide. That's for you to decide.
1: Excellent. All right. Follow us on Canetrain at Canetrain Podcast on Instagram, Canetrain Pod on Twitter, and email us canetrainpodcast at gmail.com.
0: Email That's us, it. you cowards. Um, follow me, Gibby Kane, on everything across the board, and Pat Batstains on really everything, everything across the board.
1: State. All right. Have a good week, guys.
0: Well, bye bye.